Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Govs on the Go Alumni Edition, a new podcast featuring alumni from the College of Arts and Letters here at Austin P. State University. My name is Dr. Bazun. I'm the dean of the college. I'm also the host of the podcast. Today, I'm talking with Diana Pelham from the class of 2007. Diana majored in English with minors in both education and leadership. And we are so glad to have you on the podcast, Diana. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Loving it. So let's, uh, before we get into your story, let's give everybody a life update. Where are you? What's going on? So right now, well, thank you for asking me. Um, I am right now, I'm in Germantown. I live in Nashville, Tennessee, Germantown, and I'm currently the vice president of leadership giving over at Tennessee Performing Arts Center. Um, married for about 15 years now, actually a little over 15 years now, and um, I'm still close to Clarksville, so I'm able to make it over there probably at least once a month to see my family. Nice. Very good. Okay, well, let's let's talk about your family, because I think that um, of the things that when when I'm kind of doing my research, I always think it's interesting to find out the things that impact a young person and, and shape them along the way. And obviously, one of the first things you mentioned were your family and uh, growing up here in Clarksville. I think it's interesting that you mentioned both your sister and your brother were influential. Why is that? Yes, um, thank you for touching on that a little bit. And of course, everybody's got a very, I think, unique story. And sometimes when I start talking about my family, I go, oh, well, you know, everybody's family. My family is no more, quote unquote, special for sure than anybody else's family. We might be a little more, we might be a little nuttier. That's for sure. <laughs> but I do think I did come from a slightly unique situation in the fact that my sister and my brother both are on average about 20 years older than me. And I definitely came as the as the quote unquote blessing baby. We'll see about that. But <laughs> I was not planned. <laughs> and um, so they kind of they grew up around me and I felt like I had growing up three sets of parents. Um, but, you know, when I when my sister and I and my brother and I, especially when we talk and the contrast of how I was raised versus how they were raised, even by my parents. Mm -hmm. um, I think I was just kind of, I think I was really fortunate in the fact that not only were they there and they've kind of been through a lot themselves and they had a different focus with me, but also they just, they had a, they had an interest in my well-being too, more so than an average sibling, I guess you would say. And so they both taught me very different things, especially early on. And I just now look back on that really truly as a blessing of Something a lot of I think characteristics that I have now um, that have really served me well now I really owe to them because I think they really worked hard to instill those things in me when my family my parents they we will get into it but they were very blue collar workers and they were older and they did amazing job raising me but I think those nuanced um, characteristics were definitely owed to my siblings. Yeah, and I, I'm so glad you you recognize the support system that has influenced you along the way because, you know, we we can't do this on our own. And so especially early on, um, you're finding uh, people that believe in you, support you, give you confidence, uh, encouragement. Um, and that's also important to where you can be as a young person and and um, I think that you also mentioned that, for instance, your mom was also uh, really 
wanted to make sure you did academically well. She she did. She did. <laughs> I remember this is a goofy story. And apparently, too, like, so my parents, they married very young. And so they, in these days, they had me when I was, when they were 40, which it's not young, but at the same time, lots of people are, are waiting longer to have children, their first child. But they had my sister at 17. Um, and then my brother at like 18, 19. And then, so they were just, they kind of had all, they were very young. So you can imagine when you're young, you're raising kids, there's a certain mindset there probably. And then down 20 something years down the road, you have a different, a different mindset. And so, um, yes, my mother, she, uh, she did not graduate high school. She went back and got her GED and, um, and I think she actually was extremely intelligent. Um, but I remember one specific time I was in high school and she literally told me, you have to get a scholarship and pay for yourself to go to college or you're working at McDonald's. <laughs> I was like, okay, sounds like a plan to me. <laughs> so it was just, I don't, it was just like, she knew I, we had to go and get a better education. And so I think those types of things she learned over the course of 20 years, you know, I don't want you to be doing what I'm doing. I want you to have, I want you to be able to take care of yourself properly. And so I'm hoping that, you know, they're proud of at least in a very small, in our small little world that they are, they are happy of, where we're landing at the moment, though. Well, I'm sure they are. I mean, how could they not be of you? I mean, that's well. that's awesome. <laughs> you know, um, and one of the other things that I thought was really cool is you talked about the importance of music in your early development. And could you could you tell everybody what when when you mentioned that? What were you talking about? Yes, thank you. I, I will definitely try to expound a little bit. Yeah, music is was extremely. Um, prevalent in our household, um, mainly because my, my family just loved it. It's ironic because we did not listen to country music at all. <laughs> we did not do country. We did pretty much everything else. Um, my family was are, and now I am probably um, too much, a huge fan of Elvis. So we listen to Elvis all the time, mm-hmm. not just your basics. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm in the vault. I know all the things about Elvis. So I'm like mega fan. And um, my brother actually is a very gifted musician himself, um, amazing guitar player. Um, if you are local in Clarksville, there's a lot of people who, especially obviously in his age range, um, that I come across and they're like, oh, Wayne Wooten's your brother? Because um, he could play the guitar ridiculous. Um, and so he actually had his own band when he was younger and so I just kind of grew up doing that and then I just started singing and um I'll oh once again oh my sister and my mother um they kind of they just picked up on it um I guess because I was just loud as a kid (laughs) and we started singing obviously gospel in church and I was actually singing with my niece and so my niece is my sister's daughter and so we grew up like sisters actually more so and we sang duets from in you know our churches we started just being asked to come sing in local churches all around even going as far as Kentucky um and a couple other southern states um, and a lot of African-American churches um we we had a certain style I think that for being young when I say young we were eight or nine years old was a little bit different and so it just kind of really um it really nourished a, a love of of music and singing for me. And so that plays into my life later down the road, but singing was, and music was a big part of my life. Well, that's, that's awesome. And I have to just to take a side route here. Also a big Elvis fan growing up because my mom, 
<laughs> and so I grew up watching all of his movies and and listening to all of his music all the time. So, um, you See, know, I already love you. I knew I was going to like you for a reason. <laughs> Anybody who talks anything negative, I'm like, I'm, I don't like don't get on my crap list because <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so so when you're in high school, what kind of things were you interested in doing? And, and did it give any indication? I mean, you still must have had some love of music going on. Yes. Um, so when I was, well, when I was in middle school, actually, um, and once again, it's like my family, they were never, they never were the pushers, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. I think it's just a, that's a characteristic I've continued, I continue to work on today is to be more fearless and to be more bold. Sometimes you don't want to always second guess, but we were just very, uh, ultimately, especially to the public, we were pretty, we wanted to, we, we focused on kindness, but, uh, a little bit of passivity, I guess you would say. Um, but when I was in middle school, actually at the local Roxy theater, there was a pretty actually long production. It was like a three week production of Annie. Um, and so actually my mother encouraged me to go uh, try out and I've never done any type of theater before in my life. And um, they hired, they, they hired me. They, they chose me, <laughs> they casted me um, to be this this part that it was like a, her name was CG in the, in the play. And we had quite a few lines, but also it was a solo um, singing piece. So that kind of really garnered not only self-discipline, but the love for music again in theater. And then just when I was in high school, I did, weirdly enough, I did not do chorus. I did not do anything like that. Um, I kind of went a different direction. I went into sports. I went into every other club you could possibly think of. Um, but I did not do music a lot. So it actually kind of dropped weirdly, ironically enough, I guess you would say in high school and I picked back up in college. Wow. That's that, that is interesting. And so then, um, you know, you, you decided to come to Austin P. Yes. And so, um, what was your initial major? And let me tell you a little bit about Austin P. I'm going to be very honest when I was, when we were, cause I grew up in Clarksville. So I'm like, okay, Austin P in my backyard. Um, my mother was dead set on me going to Austin B and I would get some like mail, you know, everybody gets the, the mail of every other college around, you know, and I was kind of fantasizing about going some somewhere else. And she started taking my mail and be like, nope, you're showing it down. I was like, okay, fine. (laughs) It's, it's hilarious. I mean, it's very, very true story. And at the time I wasn't happy camper. And now honestly, she had a lot more. She was a mom for a reason. She saw more than I did. And I wound up getting a um, full scholarship to Austin P. So I didn't have to. I, I graduated with zero debt. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it was amazing there. That was a blessing really in itself. And um, I immediately jumped into it and I fell in love with Austin P. Um, my major was English. So to answer, long story short, my major was English. And I fell in love with English and literature, especially when I was in high school. Now, before we get into some of the classes, I want to talk about you were also a very active student. You found ways to to be involved in, in other groups. You were part of a sorority. You were involved in student uh, government leadership. So let's talk a little bit about that. Why that what again, this was probably part of your personal growth. So thank you for asking. Um, I was always involved in everything in high school. However, I think I did not want high school to be a I wanted to break away from high school. I wanted to kind of, it was one of those weird things you look back on and everybody kind of has hopefully a similar experience when you go to college, even though I was local, I felt like I got the full college experience and 
and being involved, but also being able to be confident and in, in growing in who you are really, and not being afraid of what other people think or trying to impress in a certain way or being scared of whatever reason. And um, I joined, I immediately joined Chi Omega. Um, that was my kind of my first move there. And also I was part of the President's Emerging Leaders Program. Um, I believe you all still have that there, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was, that was, a that's kind of, really what sealed the deal with Austin P and just my trajectory, I think was PELP. Um, and Kamega eventually I was wound up being president of that sorority. And honestly, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. I still, th- my best friends came out of that mm-hmm. experience. Um, and also it opens up doors and networks and relationships. It also actually, especially at Austin P, I cannot speak to every other university, obviously, but for the sorority piece of it, it really, it really made you um, keep your academics in order. Um, you really, if for ours, for our sorority, you know, we had certain standards. You wanted to be known as a certain reputation as far as um, being, um, having a high caliber standard there. And that included academics as well. Um, so I just kind of immediately jumped in and I immediately fell in love with all of my classes, to be honest. I was a nerd. <laughs> That's good. So, um, and you know, I, before we move on you, the Chi Omega, I just think that uh, it is a, a special um, benefit to a young person to try to join something like that because the the benefits you will have for the rest of your life, the, these relationships that you built with people um, during those few years that you're together, those, as you said, the networking opportunities and um, and early on, you're building, again, things that you can put together in your portfolio and your resume um, that says, you know, you've taken these leadership um, opportunities and, and ran with it. You're very correct. And, and going back to Kamega, I forget, actually, I kind of half owe my Kamega interest and in, in help with that with my sister-in-law, who is still local um, in Clarksville. Her name is Sandy Wooten. And um, she's still pretty active I, with the alumni group, both in Austin P and um, in Kyle And so she kind of actually opened that door of even saying, hey, I was part of this. She was an alum. And I think that you would be interested. And I was. So. OK. And one other route off before we get to the classes, you have to meet somebody special there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did that happen? I always like to hear this story. Oh gosh. Well, it's so I'll try to it's not I'm always I always preface like it's not that exciting, you know. Okay. But it is kind of funny just because um I actually met Zach. He was in Presence Emerging Leaders as well. Um but he was a year ahead of one year ahead of me and there was like, you know, you've it was like our freshman dinner or whatever they have there to kind of introduce the whole pelt classes together and he sat next to me and I was like, he's so, he's so cute. He has zero personality. I was like, this dude doesn't talk. <laughs> I was like, whatever. <laughs> and then I saw him and got to know because he was actually in a fraternity. And then he, um, this was my freshman year, him, his sophomore year. And he was running for student government president and he came and spoke and I've no, I got to know him a little bit throughout the year, but nothing special. I just thought he was cute, but you know, this personality wasn't fabulous in my opinion at the time. And then he ran and I personally did not vote for him. I told him that it's like, I didn't put vote for you because you had no experience. I'm not going to vote for somebody just because I thought they were good looking, <laughs> but he won. So who, who thunk it? You can see what I know. 
Um, but then we, so then we actually kind of started dating and then we quit dating. And then when he was actually in his first year of president, I was the executive assistant to the president (laughs) and I was overseeing a homecoming parade. You know, you do the homecoming parade still. And we were actually arguing about something. And that's when he asked me on a date. And then <laughs> to date again and the rest was history. <laughs> so is- we started our we started our relationship in an argument. Maybe we'll end it in an argument, but it's working so far. <laughs> <laughs> that is the funniest story. And the um, fact that would you vote for him today? I, I suppose you would. I would definitely vote for him today. I know now he's got a shining personality and I and he's got the smarts to boot. So I will I will vote for him. I was oh. the wrong one on that one, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. So let's talk a little bit about some of the classes that you enjoy taking. Do you what do you remember from your professors and and taking some of the classes? I loved my my literature classes. Loved them. Hmm. Um, I can't believe how much I actually I did enjoy them because I was also having fun in college. <laughs> but um, I mean, I never skipped a class. Um, doc, I remember. Well, first of all, Doctor Wadia, I I fell in love with Shakespeare because of him. Um, I still get to see him once in a while because he'll come to TPAC. And so I'll, I'll sneak him into the donor lounge, but like, because you were special, you were coming in here. <laughs> um, and he, Dr. Wade was phenomenal. He made me interpret Shakespeare in a different way that I, you know, when you're in high school, you're just reading through the stuff sometimes mm-hmm. and, you know, you don't have the time for it. I fell in love with American literature um, when I was in high school. I had a phenomenal teacher at Rossview. And so then, therefore, that just kind of translated over into the American literature classes I took in uh, at Austin P. And Dr. Stephen Ryan, um, I, he might be retired now. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know him. I think he probably retired. Um, I knew he was getting semi-close to retiring there. Um, but he was he was a phenomenal literature professor as well. As well. Um, I loved the choice of literature that we read. Um, and he was tough. I'm not going to lie. I mean, him and Dr. Wadia both were, were not easy. I mean, they really held you to a standard. And I think that's why I really enjoyed it. And maybe I wanted to meet them to the challenge is because they really did kind of push you. You know, it wasn't just read these pages, take a quiz, go like and made you think. Um, I even love my American history class. Oh, I can't remember his name. Um, maybe Dr. Oh, crap. I need to remember that. But I don't know why he made it. He. His class, I had an American history class. I took him like two or three more times. And that's another thing, too. It was the beauty of Austin P is Dr. Wadi was, oh, I had him for two classes. But I was able to take the, a couple of the teachers, professors that I really enjoyed more than once. Mm-hmm. And that was really lovely. There was one specific class. I can't remember the name of the class. But it was really just kind of like digging deeper into American literature during a certain time period. And I was able to take that with Dr. Ryan. And it just, it just completely just opened my mind up to... It, to, to loving the meaning behind literature and it also garnered an appreciation for poetry that I did not care about before and just understanding and you being able to actually make yourself an argument um, when you're writing an essay, for example, and you're writing a piece about this, this section of um, Merchant of Venice and Shakespeare, for example, you know, you're, you have the right to interpret it as you wish. And I think that's what the author's intent was, but as long as you can back it up, you know, that was kind of the fun part is you can back it up and it makes sense and you can compile a compelling argument. You know, it you're not wrong. 
And that's the beauty, I think, of the arts in general, too, is it's up for interpretation. But you just have to prove that you're really under you're really making an effort to understand and apply it in a certain way that is meaningful for you. And so that's what Dr. Wadia, um, Dr. Ryan, they both just really stick out in my mind as two professors who really made me think in that direction. And now 15 years later or so, um, I'm wondering those writing skills that you had that you were working on at that period of time, the critical thinking skills, the writing skills, and not really sure how you're going to apply them in whatever career that you may even at that period of time, you know, we're thinking about. Um, I'm sure that those are things that you're using in your tool belt almost every day. It is. Um, and sometimes I feel like I've, <laughs> I need to sharpen it because we're moving at such a fast pace here over mm-hmm. at TPAC. Um, but yes, all of those, everything that I've been able to to learn, I'm going to just chunk out Austin P, for example. Um, it's it's so interesting how life circles you back around. You know, mm-hmm. never in a million years would I've ever thought I would be asking people, <laughs> asking people for money and enjoy it. <laughs> I would be like, no, that sounds like torture. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm passive. Remember, like I don't I don't want confrontation. No, no thank you. Um, but it's so different than what you imagine. And just to your point, the relationship piece is absolutely huge. And I was really able to grow into myself socially and to just embrace who I am, which is somebody who I I love to never meet a stranger. I really, truly do. And and to have a genuine love for people in, gen- in general can actually, you can actually make a career out of that and then partner that with what literature and in, in writing. And now I've, I've had the fortune because when we were younger, we didn't, but my husband and I, we love to travel to understand the culture piece of that is to understand the why and understand different perspectives. You get to understand people in a different way. You have a you you just have a genuine appreciation for people's personalities and where they're coming from, um, and that really helps with understanding. Having I guess you, you what they say now is what SEI, and I'm like I wish they was a I wish there was a class in that it would have been better than math for me, but a social emotional intelligence there that I think Austin P my experiences there really helped nourish that. Um, I really think it did. And so, yes, you know, looking at my whole path, which it's been a lot so far, but I've really kind of found my sweet spot the past decade or so in this, in, in the profession of development. It's really interesting how all of these experiences have culminated together to hopefully um, manifest itself into something that I really love. And, and I wound up being, pretty good at. Yeah. And that's when I I hope our students that are watching this realize that, you know, um, along the way, when we, when we graduate and we leave, we're going to have little twists and turns as you've had, um, because when you left here, you became a teacher for a few years. Yes. That was my intention to be a teacher for the next 35 years. Yeah. For the next Um, 35. But it, yeah. And no, no, no. And, you know, but that's that just says that, you know, uh, you you find out that there's a different route for you somewhere in life. Correct. Correct. And I wish hindsight looking back that I wasn't so at the time making the moves. I'm never afraid to make a move. I'm never afraid to step into a door of opportunity. That's one thing. You know, I'm like, I don't care. Let's let's do it. Then when I'm in there, I'm like, what, <laughs> what's happening? Um, but yeah, you're very, you're so correct. And that's something that's probably a small piece of advice. I'm sure you, you know, the students know is 
don't pigeonhole yourself. Pick whatever major, even if you have an intention, like I want to be a nurse, you know, nurse is a very, you know, a, a very specific, you know, concentration that you have to have a specific degree in that in order to to do nursing. I cannot turn around tomorrow and go, I think I want to go to nursing and then just be bop into a clinic and say, will you hire me because I have a degree. But even if you go and say, for all intents and purposes, I want to be a nurse. And then you graduate and you go, wait a minute, this is not for me you have still a lot of opportunity and your skill sets can translate over into other, other realms that you are probably not even thinking of at the moment. Absolutely. And that's what, um, after, so after you leave teaching, you, you actually pursue the music career a little bit. How was that? Yeah. So talk about where it all came back around. That was, it was a fluke too. And looking back at, at still, I'm like, how did that happen or why did that happen? But it happened for a reason and I don't regret one minute of it. Um, even if it was to pull me out of where I was to get us to where we are today. But mm-hmm. um, on our honeymoon, Zach and I were married in 2007. Um, I was actually approached, and this also had something to do with this, my brother who, on a whim, because he's the most, he's he's the last person to take initiative on something. He decided to put like a, a recording of me singing into a, a, a man who was producing songs mailbox but like old school these days that didn't happen um and he called while I was on our honeymoon and asked if wanted to meet so long so short we recorded an album with him and then that kind of catapulted into a singing career that I was while I was teaching I was recording the album I was doing I was meeting a songwriters that actually are relevant today starting to get in those circles pretty quickly that I was not even really prepared for. Um, but it was scary, to be honest. It was very scary. It was like super exciting, but scary all at the same time. It was also during a recession. Um, and it was interesting what was going on in the music industry at the time. They didn't know what they were doing with CDs. Um, gosh, it's aging me big time. The CDs were a thing. And then also this is streaming music was coming into play. They didn't know how the old way of doing record deals um how I would per, like quote unquote would have gotten signed was completely changing. We're completely in a crux. They were really strapped for cash. Also, female artists were not being signed at all. Um, but at the same time, I was still doing it. And I was playing everywhere downtown. Um, I was playing everywhere from Tootsies to um rando places uh in Kentucky and Alabama to River Inspires, River Inspires at in Clarksville. So I was kind of doing it while I was teaching. And then my third year of teaching, my husband actually got a job opportunity because we both were on a career like we got to do something different. We just we were living in McMinnville at the time and we just wanted something more for ourselves. And we had to take a risk. And I'll credit my husband for that. He, He encouraged me to do something different when I was a little bit too nervous to, to be honest, because I could have taught and become a principal and had that life easily. And it would have been a a good life, but we made a move to Springfield, Tennessee, and we're completely broke (laughs) a year to two years by choice. Um, He started a new career path, which wound up being wonderful for him. And I was doing music full time. So then how did you get involved with the YMCA? Because that was uh, the next thing that sort of you you started also uh, becoming involved with the, was it Robertson County YMCA? Yes. Yes. So Springfield, thank you for asking. Um, 
moved there. We're actually renting a place in a local little next spot called Rich Top where we're like barely making bills work. Um, and me being the way I am, like not feeling like I'm contributing was just a mental thing just for students out there. Like it's, it's killer when you are a productive type of person. And I'm sure most of your students want to produce. It was tough. I looking back, that's something I wish I would have just taken in stride a lot more and understood the big picture instead of worrying to death about how can I contribute a little bit. But, you know, when you're 20 at the time, what, 25 years old, it was, you know, you're, you're young. We were married pretty young these days comparatively. Um, but, and yes, in Robertson County, I started going to the Y there, they had a sliding scale. <laughs> they, they had like, um, financial aid and I wanted to go and exercise. And that's where my husband's job first job offer was. He was with, um, an insurance company, Farm Bureau. They're a great company. Um, got to start there. And I noticed what they I really enjoyed the people who were working there. That county, that, that town is just still really sweet to my heart because they were really welcoming to us when we weren't necessarily locals there. Um, but they had a part-time job for a development coordinator. I had no clue what a development coordinator was, but it was like a part-time job. It required a bachelor's degree. And I was like, okay, it requires a bachelor's degree. Who knows? I don't, why not? I feel like I've got a little bit of something to distract me. And I feel like I'm at the time, like contributing a little bit. It was an hourly wage to, to the household. And then that was in the beginning of February, 2011. So I was still doing music and I was still doing that. And then within a year I wanted, I was actually asked to be a full-time coordinator and I was still doing music. And so the two fused and one, one out. (laughs) So here I am. Well, that's, um, you know, uh, I, I have so much, uh, love for the YMCA's in, in the United States, my wife ended up very similar, you know, going uh, part time and, and eventually got involved full time. And and she worked really? there for over 20 years. Really? And what did she do? Yeah. If you don't mind me asking. She was uh, she worked at the front desk and so she trained employees and, and you know, just the 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 purpose, the mission of the YMCA, the how it helps so many families um, and uh, provided a safe place for people to uh, you know, to get healthy. And so uh, from all different ages, uh, so I just can't say enough about how, and and it looks to me from somebody from the outside watching your progression is that you are sort of uh, guided. There's, there's the spirit pushing you in different areas. And, um, and this was uh, an area that that obviously you have uh, found some success. Yes. And it's such a wonder. Thank you for saying that. You're very correct. That's, it felt like we just did what for us. I mean, we, we are people, we are people of faith and um, whatever your faith is. I mean, we had a walk on faith, <laughs> put it that way, because some of the, some of the decisions that we wound up making were almost not of our accord. Um, and it did not make sense when we moved to Springfield. Um, it made no sense while we were to, to be very transparent, Zach's family, they were like, why, <laughs> why are you quitting this? Zach was actually overtaking his, and he has like 47 degrees. He didn't know what he wanted to do either side note kids. He, my husband has uh, two, like two majors from Austin P. He's got a, no, he has a major and two like minors in Austin P, a degree in accounting at Belmont. 
Yeah, he was almost finished with his master's. He's not to quit, but Belmont, he's like, I cannot do accounting anymore. <laughs> so he's got every touch on everything. And but we had we had a we had a life foundation built in McMinnville that to most people sounds idyllic. You know, he overtook his family's very strong business. I was a teacher on track to be a principal if I wanted to be in the next five years. And we we made a move. And for a while it was tough. Um, but to your point, it it kind of all roads lead to something. And who knows if we took the long way around or not. But, um, you know, I will owe the why a lot, too, is, you know, they really they, they, in the development world, we all say, like, if you come from the YMCA, like, you know, they they train you right because you do it all. <laughs> you do it all. Your work ethic is there. I mean, you have to be relentless in that regard. And but the mission is so strong that you want to do that. So. I was there for long so short, eight years, almost eight years. And I wound up being a regional development director. So how did you get involved with uh, TPAC then? So once again, back to my family, my sister-in-law actually passed on. I was not looking, um, but I wasn't a place at the Y where at the time, now they do, but now at the time it was really my role and then the chief development officer. So there was nowhere really to grow, if that makes sense, if you wanted to still grow in that profession. And for anybody who doesn't understand what development is, most people are like, what is development? Um, now it's now you can actually earn degrees in it um, in college. At the time, there was no such thing. Um, but coming in, um, it's basically, you know, you're in the fundraising nonprofit world. And um at the time, I wasn't looking, but my sister-in-law sent me a a job a job description posting that was for director of corporate partnerships and relations for TPAC. And she knew I was kind of like a little bit anti. And she was like, they sent this to me like on LinkedIn or whatever, but this looks like something you might be interested in. And when I read the job description, it felt like a dream job opportunity for me because I also really enjoyed the corporate side of sponsorships for um with the YMCA, I just felt like there was like an untapped market for that. Mm -hmm. And I saw where, you know, those relationships, it's almost like a, it was a fun, it was a fun balance of the mission, the heart, but also the business side of it. And so, and of course, TPAC is TPAC. I mean, it kind of, you know, it's an institution here. It's, it's has such meaning and such influence in our, not only our region, but our state to have the opportunity. I just felt like what well, I've got it. I've got it. I would regret not applying for this. Who knows what's going to happen? But let me apply. And for some crazy reason, they hired me. <laughs> well, not so crazy, but, um, <laughs> you know, besides the, again, your, your background and your love of music, um, there, there still must've been a learning curve for you. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yes, there was definitely a learning curve. And that's what I said. I go, I'll take on any opportunity. Like don't, one piece of advice, always take the opportunity because it's going to lead to something good. Um, but I did not know how much of a learning curve because I knew development. I knew relationships, but also it was a culture shock. If you are familiar at all with the YMCA culture, there's there's positive there's positives and challenges to every type of culture. Right. But it's a very, very you know, walking into a nonprofit culture of the feel good, the all heart, that kind of thing. Warm and fuzzies. That's why at the time, especially TPAC was not <laughs> it was not. I mean, it's 
It's a very, it's a sophisticated operation. It was at the time is extremely like just, it was just revenue driven. Mm -hmm. And I walked into a corporate feeling culture that I was not used to on top of the fact, the learning of the arts, the performing arts world and all of the nuances of Broadway and theater and ticketing and sponsorship and individual and how the seating even works. And it all ties in together. The marketing communications, there's so many people in play. I was used to being able to say, you want to do that? Let's do it. I want to have a rooftop party on top of the downtown wild roof. Done. I have to do it, but I'm, I'm good to do it. No, you, it, everything you do is a, is a ripple effect. And looking back now, I know, you know, there's even, there's, you know, you've got a Vanderbilt University, for example, their development team is of 200 people. You know, they're a well-oiled machine. And that is very attractive for a lot of people. I feel like TPAC is almost a sweet spot for me now because it's more than just that. I don't, you know, every little thing is on you. You've got a team. It's sophisticated. I love the arts. I think it's fun. I think the impact, the way it's changed my life is I can go on and on about it, seeing, and they also have amazing arts education programs. I can get behind, so I got the heart piece of it, but also it is more sophisticated, quote unquote, in the fact that there's a lot at play there and you still have, um, you have a lot of strategy. You have a lot of skills that if I wanted to go into for-profit tomorrow, can be very easily transferable and the relationships and networks that have extremely quickly built since I've been just at TPAC are invaluable alone. It must be uh, so rewarding to, to see some of the success that you've seen and also uh, overcoming challenges, which is part of the, sort of the joy of running up a hill is, is when you get to the very top of it and you're able to see what you've been able to overcome. It's you're so right. And it's so hard to look back. Um, I'm sure everybody feels that way, especially yeah. if you're one who wants to always move forward. And I mean, I'm not gonna lie, yesterday I was st- I'm stressed out about something. <laughs> There's always something. And that's what my my husband always says is it's never going to end, Diana. Like mm-hmm. you, you have to just take it one day at a time, take it one day at a time. And, and that's what, you know, It's always a, it's always going to be a learning for me. My biggest my biggest weakness really is not being able to just calm down and appreciate the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and to your point, looking back, I've I've made it honestly in this Thanksgiving week. Try to look back and go, oh, wow. You know, and we're only we're we're not even there yet. <laughs> you know, we're not even there yet. But my husband and I were able to go on a two week vacation in October for our 15 year wedding anniversary and never in a million years when I was 10 years old. Um, the most, you know, the farthest we ever went was once a year to Gatlinburg. If we were lucky, um, coming from where we came from, which I wanted for absolutely nothing, but looking back how my family worked so hard, You are blessed. Yeah, I can I can tell you, you that that is 
And that that's a joy, you know, that's that's so great that you realize that because that makes uh, the stress of the day worthwhile. And um, sorry, you know, I'm getting, sorry, know, getting a little teary eyed, but it's, you're making me is, actually think back when I just don't do that often. So, yeah. Um, and, and I thought uh, what you had mentioned to me, which I thought was so great. Can you tell me what gets you out of bed every day? Mm. What's the joy of that gets you started? You know, I love, honestly, first of all, I love my job. I love my job. And, you know, I'm, I'm still learning every single day. I've been there over four years. Um, I have been, I've been really fortunate that the leaders of TPAC, they are different than the leaders of the Y, but they are the same type of leader that is visionary that you can get behind. And they really do invest in the people that invest in them. So they don't just, they don't give you lip service as a lot of, I think leaders can do to kind of placate you. Um, and they, they, they say less, which I'm used to those, those affirmative words. Right. Um, but they do. And they have, they've put forth that effort in me and it, and it gets me up every morning to really want to achieve and to know that the exciting right now in my place in my life with TPAC, their, their future. I don't know if Clarksville catches a lot of wind, but we've got some really exciting plans going on um, that I really want to be a part of. And, you know, the, the potential for possibly a, a, a new TPAC would be, you know, would be phenomenal. And that's really a legacy type of project that you it would is. want to, to be part of. And the direction of which um, TPAC is going with their programming, with the, there's a new arts access initiative that we have launched this last year. And that was really a big, big piece because um, Amazon provided that seed money and a partnership that was just kind of transformational. There's so much going on that it, it gets me up every morning um, job wise for sure. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I'm I'm excited for you that you get to be a part of that because, as you said, you, we're seeing. I think the arts come back alive, um, and yes. the way that you uh, and your group have made sure to not just connect to people that that can enjoy the arts, but the entire community, people of all uh, sections of society, can be engaged with the arts. Thank you so much for saying that. And that's that's the passion point for me. Um, I think, you know, that's the beauty, I think, of of the performing arts and the arts in general is there's so many ways you can really um, connect with them. You know, if it's I've, I've recently met people who because we are launching an international dance series that's going to be phenomenal. Side note, they're the Scottish ballet. They are like top notch in the world coming. I'm not a dance enthusiast, <laughs> never have been, but I've started to watch dance more, right? Because that's kind of part of my job. And I've fallen in love with it. The Crucible, the Scottish Ballet is performing The Crucible, which mm. is obviously, I mean, I fell in love with The Crucible when I was a junior in high school. I cannot wait to see how they translate it on stage. Um, but my point is, you know, I've, I've seen people where they are, their passion is dance for different reasons. Um, we actually have a staff member that she has a very, very personal reason of why she was a professional dancer, but she has a very personal reason of why dance meant so much to her. For me, it's the access piece, just kind of knowing my own journey of how, you know, that little window of theater at the Roxy in Clarksville really was a, was a sticking point for me. 
And so being able to work hard every day to, to be able to open that door of opportunity for people and and seeing how it can transform a life in so many different ways um, and also impact the impact our community in different ways, the fabric of of who we are. And then also just even in economically how we impact it's it's really it's amazing. And honestly, we just recently met with you um, and our chief diversity inclusion officer about partnering with internships. And um, that's a new program that was launched because of these arts access initiatives. So we love, you know, I love seeing us get outside of our walls and get outside of just downtown Nashville proper. Our patron base is, um, it spreads pretty wide, but I know we want to go broader and being able to have these true relationships. And I owe, you know, I owe my relationship with Austin P and my time at Austin P is a way that was able to quickly plug in to TPAC. And, you know, I see how all of that kind of comes back around. Yeah. And thank you for doing that, by the way. That's this well, is thank awesome. you for meeting with us. <laughs> well, um, you know, Diana, we we appreciate all the that you shared with us. The last thing that we always ask people is sort of recommendations that you might have for students that are, you know, within the college, within maybe an English major. What kind of um, encouragement may you have for them? First of all, I mean, you are in a wonderful university. I'm not just saying that because I graduated there. I would I would not be on this podcast if, it, if I did not believe it. Um, I'll say, first of all, I think I've said this before, it's, you have to enjoy the classes. I know that's not like your number one possibly, but you're missing out because that's, that's where you get to spend quality time in your own mind thinking and being able to ponder. You've got everything else going on, buzzing around. There's so many different activities and on campus. It's, it's wonderful campus life at Austin P. But if you start getting into your major, you know, really, really pick those professors' brains. Ask to meet with them. They did with me. I, I actually, another side note, I wanted, after graduating, I wanted to be a professor. Like I was like, I'm going to go back to school. And I know this is going to be a long journey, but this is what I'm going to do. I didn't do it, but point is, I, I still have that love for it. Get involved. I grew up in Clarksville. I did not stay on campus. Now, my husband, he did, um, and he enjoyed the whole full-blown thing, but I felt like I got the full-blown Austin Peay experience because I got very involved. I loved being on campus. So everything that in, intrigues you, inspires you, please enjoy it. Um, do it. And have fun. I mean, have fun in the best way. You really should. And just just really kind of soak in this time, I guess you would say, and and be proud of where you are now and where you're going to be in in five, six, ten years. I can't believe how freaking fast it's gone. I cannot <laughs> believe how old I am now. I can't believe it. But and it's just starting. I mean, I, I feel like I've still got you know, so much, so much time to go, okay, well, I'm not going to sit on my laurels now. So now what, you know, I'm ready for the next thing. That's right. And not only, as I said, I'm excited for your future. I, I think it's just great to talk with you and to hear to, to because you're a humble person, but you also provide um, acknowledgement to all the people. Um, you, you're one of those few people that said, I see how you've impacted my life um, to your siblings, to your mom and dad, to your teachers, even at high school and along the way. And uh, 
they all are going to enjoy your success. And so thank you for that. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And I should do it much more often. And that is the truth. But it's been a true honor to be asked to be on on this podcast. And I think it's wonderful that you're doing this. I think it's such a cool idea. I wish I wish we had this when I was here, <laughs> um, when I was at Austin P. Just to be able to kind of see people that, you know, that are not horribly far removed from their college years, that we can still reflect back back on it and hopefully provide some relevant advice and experience and this is this is really neat so one kudos to you to even launch this well thanks again for being on the podcast and make sure to uh for all of you out there to our viewers and listeners make sure to continue to watch we hope that you will join us next time as we continue to profile some of the outstanding alumni we have here in the college of arts and letters at austin p state university so until next time stay safe take care and God bless.